the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. It is the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. A couple minutes after 4, forecast calling for clouds for the next few days, really. Rain starting to happen and continue through tonight, a lot of tomorrow. Temperature actually going to be rising, getting close to 60 around midnight, maybe even a bit higher tomorrow. Eventually, when the rain ends tomorrow night, sometime it looks like, low should be down to about 43. Saturday on the cloudy side, too, might get a shower, high 46, and some sunshine expected for Sunday with a high of 48. Sixers, big winners last night. Knocked off the Knicks, 131-109. Joel Embiid with 24. Jimmy Butler with 20. Ben Simmons, another triple-double. J.J. Redick had 14 as well, which gave him uh, 10,000 career points. And uh, the Flyers are home this evening against Nashville. So it's kind of fun today. I'm, I'm looking forward to today's program because we want to give a lot of stuff away. We've had a number of authors on the program in the last couple of weeks who were kind enough to send us the books that they've written or devotionals, whatever it might be. And so what we have in store for you this hour, I'll play a little clip or two or three from the interviews themselves so you can get some context. Maybe you didn't hear any of the interviews at that time or you didn't catch the podcast. You know, It's all on our website. You can go there for the full interviews. But we'll give you a couple of highlights of those interviews and then give you the opportunity to win the uh, different books or devotionals in question. Uh, and we want to leave it up to you. Make it easy for you. So you can enter uh, either by texting the show at 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683, or email timmyd, T-I-M-M-Y-D, at WFIL.com. And we'll mention, you know, you, you just it could be very basic, name and make sure you put the name of what you're after, though, so we know what you're hoping to win. Besides that, though, what's pretty cool is yesterday we had the lead singer of apologetics on the program they've been doing this for a long time 53 cds they have a new one that just came out called that's too bad but they also have a lot of christmas music and i talked to the lead singer jay jackson not only on the air but afterwards i was heading home from the station and gave him a call and i said jay you know you were very kind because you let us give away some of the um uh, you know the whole album i was saying let's give our listeners a single he said let's give them the whole album so apologetics is christmas classics cd is uh Available this hour only, free to everyone who's listening. Let's do one per household, though. All you have to do is get in touch by text or by email and just put your, uh, you know, if it's email, I'll have your email. I can just forward you the link. If it's a text, please make sure to put your email in there uh, and that way I can send it to you. You get the idea. We just want to make sure everybody gets what they're, you know, they're, they're generously offering. Um, and if you think of it, just put the word Christmas in. That's why, you know, I'll know what it's for. All right. So, uh, in fact, I think we have a – let's give you an example on this Christmas CD that anyone – again, before 5 o'clock, 4.59 technically, 
Anyone who texts or emails will get this CD from Apologetics, and it's a lot of fun. It has uh, variations, songs from the Eagles, the Cars, uh, alternative rock like uh, Three Doors Down. There's Journey on here, cover songs Van Halen, uh, and a very fun song from Lou Bega. Uh, do we have the Lou Bega one ready? Let's do that. So this was a huge song right around the turn of the 90s into the 2000s. In fact, if you were watching the ball drop into the new millennia, this was the song that was being played around the world, one of the biggest, most well-known songs by Lou Bega called uh, Mambo Number no. 5. This is Apologetics' version of uh, the song, but they call it Micah Number no. 5, one of their Christmas songs from their Christmas Classics CD. And again, you can have this song and every, the whole album just by texting or emailing 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683, or email Timmy D, T-I-M-M-Y-D, at WFIL.com, and I'll get you the link for the CD. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, it's in Micah number five.
AM 560 WFIL. Fun one there from Apologetics from their classics Christmas CD. That's Micah number five, a takeoff on Lou Bega's Mambo number five. We had lead singer Jay Jackson from Apologetics on the program yesterday. The band was actually birthed out of Bible study, not so much because Jay wanted to be in a band. And in fact, he's read the Bible uh, from cover to cover many years in a row now. Yes, I do. Um, I think it's a it's the only book I've ever found that gets better every time you read it. Mm. I started reading the Bible for myself. You know, the first time I ever read it the whole way through was back in 1988, and uh, I liked it so much I read it again. I was single back then, so I could read it a couple times in a year. And uh, yeah. so I try to read it at least once a year. I don't think I've missed a day in the last 30 years, and that's no tip of the hat to me. It's just I need it that badly, and um, and I'm always learning stuff from it. And I've never had a day, I don't think, where I've thought afterwards, Gee, I wish I hadn't read the Bible today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jay Jackson, lead singer of Apologetics. We're going to take a break here in a second. Um, but uh, I want to remind you, if you like that song, if you had fun with that and would like to get a free, not just single, but the whole album, Jay Jackson was kind enough last night to talk with me and say, hey, well, you know, God always takes care of us. So if we have listeners who would like a copy of that album, just... Uh, Send me, or actually, I'm not even. I'm just going to send you the link. He already sent me the link for a free download of the entire album. It has 13 songs on it, fun ones, all kinds of older new Beatles are on here, and newer music and uh, everything in between. So, take advantage of that. Text me at 610-500-DOVE, uh, 610-500-3683, before the hour is over. Anytime between now and 5 o'clock. Make sure to include your name if you would, like, you know, Fred Jones, whatever. You don't have to do a dress or any of that because it's a download. But it'd be nice to know. I could do a little shout-out, hey, so-and-so. Uh, just name and and uh, you can either text it or if emailing's easier, do that to Timmy D, T-I-M-M-Y-D, at WFIL.com. That said, now we're going to be playing a few of the interviews we've had lately, just some snippets, and we have much more stuff to hand out the entire program. It's our giving show today. Coming up in just a second, AM 560, WFIL, and WFIL.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. 4.15 AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com. It's a fun show today because everybody can win something. Apologetics kind enough to give away their Christmas Classics CD, and it has 13 songs on it. I have a link for the download. I'll just forward that along to you if you want to text me for that or email, that's up to you. Just got an email from Rhonda, who was kind enough to uh, send a note, and I'll be sending that, that link to her a little later on. Also, a couple of texts here uh, for people who also would like to have it. Uh, what I would say is, if you can, let me know your name at least, maybe where you're from. It's nice to know people more than just by a cell phone number, uh, a little more personal that way. But you don't need to do your whole mailing address because I'm not mailing anything. Just, uh, again, the entire program between now and five, anyone listening can get Apologetics's Classics Christmas CD featuring 13 different songs from the Beatles and the Eagles to the Cars and Journey and uh, some newer bands, Fountains of Wayne and uh, Three Doors Down, that kind of thing. So uh, either email me, Timmy D, T-I-M-M-Y-D at WFIL.com or text me at 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. Something else that we're going to give away. Uh, and if you put the word, you know, Christmas CD or something, that would help. So. One of the guests we've had on recently, because we're going to give away several copies of this now, a gentleman named Dr. Everett Piper. He uh, is the president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University and author of a new book called Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth. The focus of the book being on college campuses as well as in life in general. So 
Um, the first question, I, one of the questions I'd asked him simply was, what went into writing Not a Daycare? If you are interested, by the way, as I'm talking about and interviewing or playing back these pieces of, of the interview with Dr. Piper, so you can simply also text or email and say, hey, I'd like that book, Not a Daycare. And uh, we'll put you in the running for that. I don't have copies for everybody, but I can uh, give away several. So this is the first of a bunch of books we're giving away this hour and giving you some clips to hear. So what went into writing Not a Daycare? Well, it's essentially a reaction to the Snowflake Rebellion, the uh, lunacy of some sponsors and microaggressions and trigger warnings and uh, the call across college campuses from coast to coast to basically silence anybody who has an idea that might make you feel uncomfortable. And in this book, I tell the story of here at Oklahoma Wesleyan University, where we are a Christian college and a conservative university, and we don't apologize for either. Uh, we actually stand for the primacy of Christ, the priority of Scripture, the pursuit of truth, and the practice of wisdom. And you can't enroll here as a student without knowing that. But in spite of that, I actually had a student come forward a couple years ago and complain after a required chapel because he was offended by the message. And I asked the speaker, well, what was the message about? And he said, well, it was on 1 Corinthians 13. Now, if you don't know, it's the quintessential love chapter of the Bible, love is patient, love is kind. And I was incredulous. I actually had a student who was offended by a homily on love. So I wrote an op-ed, an 800-word op-ed in the local newspaper, and I essentially said, young man, that feeling of discomfort you had when you heard that sermon is called your conscience, and you might want to listen to it. And if you expect me to coddle you rather than confront you, if you expect me to comfort you rather than challenge your character, go someplace else. And I concluded by saying, my land, this is a university, it's not a daycare. Well, that led to a viral uh, wave where three and a half million people actually clicked on that story, and that led to some media exposure uh, and uh, thus the book that we're talking about right now. Yeah. Dr. Everett Piper, our guest, you used some phrases there. And just to assume folks don't know what they mean, maybe you can quickly define uh, the word safe space, trigger warnings, speech codes, and snowflake. Um, well, if you're watching the evening news, you see the students and even the faculty protesting from Berkeley to Brown because they don't like a speaker. They don't like Ben Shapiro, a conservative too, because he has conservative ideas. So they boycott him and they protest him and they try to silence him and remove him from campus. Or after the election of Donald Trump, students were crying and demanding counseling centers. And actually, uh, they were being provided by administration and faculty with these counseling centers that were equipped with, I'm not kidding, Play-Doh, bubbles, coloring books, and videos of frolicking puppies to make them feel comfortable. These are uh, the um, reactions that students and faculty are having because an idea isn't popular, and therefore they'd rather silence the idea rather than challenge it, have a logical debate, and decide who's right or wrong. You know what the academy used to be all about. Now, if you go on a campus or if I go on a campus and we've got an agenda or an idea that is perhaps contrary to the political left and the politically correct agenda of that campus, rather than debating us, they will actually protest us and in some cases violently remove us from campus. There's a university in the East that actually uh, a faculty member who was hosting an unpopular speaker actually was attacked by the students and her hair was pulled and her neck was wrenched and she had to go to the hospital to get a brace because she did nothing other than have an author who had ideas that were challenging the students on that campus. Yeah, well, and I mean, your, your book, I know, among other things, is calling on universities to, to change that culture, to rather, you know, seek truth instead of what what seems safe, which will lead us to that other, one of those phrases, safe spaces. I guess wasn't very safe there, from what you were describing. Yeah, the irony, well, it's the, it's the duplicity of the left, frankly, the hypocrisy. 
of the progressive left. They'll say things like, I can't tolerate your intolerance, or I hate hateful people, or I'm sure that nothing is sure, or I know that nothing can be known. They'll say, I'm absolutely confident there are no absolutes. And then they argue for safe spaces while making everybody who disagrees with them feel incredibly unsafe because of the anger and vitriol that they're showing all under the banner of tolerance and love and inclusion, I might add. So they throw off the branch upon which they sit every time they open their mouth because they don't believe their own premise. They don't want safety. They want to have power. It's ideological fascism rather than academic freedom. They want to control. They want to have power. They want to sequester the unpopular idea. They want you to think like them, act like them, walk like them, talk like them. And if you don't, you're verboten. They will crush you. That's fascism. That's not freedom. And that's what you see on the college campus today. You know, C.S. Lewis in the Chronicles of Narnia tells us that the great lion Aslan is not safe, but he's good. We'll paraphrase that. The great lion of the liberal arts, the academy, the ivory tower, is not supposed to be safe. It's supposed to be good. There's a huge difference between goodness and safety, and we should much better prefer the first and not the second when it comes to education. Dr. Everett Piper, who wrote the book, uh, Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth, I asked Dr. Everett a question about love, acceptance, and boundaries. As you're listening in, again, if you'd like to win this book, again, text or email for this, Timmy D at WFIL.com or 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. Just throw the word, uh, you know, Piper in there. That's his, that's his book. Or daycare would be easier. All right, here we go. Here's the answer to his or this little segment. Tell me what you think about this uh, because – I try doing this radio show, and I've done radio for 30 years. Um, I try doing interviews and preparing for them to put myself in other people's shoes. I hope I ask good questions that think through what the other person has gone through, whether it's an actor or somebody who's a musician or it doesn't matter, pastor. What's it like for this and that? So I wonder if sometimes the idea of you know helping people – like, of course, you shouldn't – if someone differs from you completely, you shouldn't beat them up or you shouldn't uh, make them feel unsafe – or, or abuse them in some way. So that aspect of love is, is true. But then, then it gets twisted and carried to an extreme. The culture seems confused as to what love means. Like it, they have the accepting part down, kind of, but not the discipline or boundary part. Like what God's word says in our case, so if, you, if you're a believer, God's word says there's life and saying no to that and no to that. And that's wrong. And that's right. Well, let me respond with a story about my time on Bill O'Reilly's O'Reilly Factory. Sure. I was invited on his show once, and the conversation turned to the issue of tolerance. And I responded to Mr. Mr. O'Reilly, and I said, you know, on your anniversary, did you send your wife and I tolerate you, heart? <laughs> and there was a pregnant pause, and, and I said, well, I would suggest you probably didn't, because if you did, it didn't end very well. And the reason for that is tolerance is an inferior virtue. Tolerance says... I don't necessarily like you. I certainly don't love you, but I'll tolerate you. But love is a superior virtue. Tolerance says, I don't care. Do what you want. Love says, I care deeply. Now stop. There's a huge difference between love and tolerance. And we've dumbed down the definition of love in our culture today to nothing but tolerance, and it's actually an insult to the human being rather than a compliment. If I sent you a card tomorrow saying, thanks for having me on your show, I, don't, I tolerate you. I don't think you would feel complimented by that, nor should you. The initial thing that actually put Dr. Everett on my radar was a press release I received that mentioned the president of Ryder University in Lawrenceville, New Jersey, was not allowing Chick-fil-A on campus because Chick-fil-A did not foster, quote, a welcoming environment. I just wrote an article on it two weeks ago in the Washington Times. 
um, about this very thing. So under the banner of inclusion, this president at Ryder University just excluded chicken sandwiches because they're offensive to the student population and they don't represent the inclusive environment that he wants to teach there. This is lunacy. Well, at a time when our world is burning and we've got, we've got economic issues, we've got political issues, we've got sex trafficking, we've got conflict in the Middle East, we've got uh, all sorts of problems in Europe right now that we see on the nightly news. Uh, the words of D.K. Chesterton ring true every time we listen to your show or turn on the TV that the most empirically provable fact of all of Christianity is human beings are evil, original sin. At a time when that is self-evident at every turn, We've got the president of the university focusing on chicken sandwiches because he wants to be inclusive, but doesn't recognize the exclusive message he's sending to everybody that wants to eat Chick-fil-A and just wants to be left alone and not make it a political issue. And I don't know about you, but waffle fries to me are very welcoming. So I'm not (laughs) sure what he's referring to. Go have some right now. That not a daycare. Also, the book we're talking with Dr. Everett, playing back a piece of an interview and giving away his book. If you're interested, text or email me six ten five hundred dove six ten five hundred thirty six eighty three or Timmy D at wfil dot com t i m m y d at wfil dot com. Uh, not a daycare can also be appreciated by folks who don't necessarily even believe in God or or what the Bible has to say. Absolutely. Jordan Peterson at the University of Toronto is saying some very similar things right now. In fact, I have a portion of my book that covers him before people knew who he was so well now. And I don't know that Jordan Peterson makes any claim to Christ, but he is a common-sense man who recognizes the fallacies of our time, and he's confronting them in the academy, and he's saying, no, I'm not going to play this silly game. There are answers that are right or wrong, there are morals that are true and false, and we're not going to start playing uh, the silly game of using gender-neutral pronouns in the, in the classroom, I won't do that. And because he simply said those things, he became incredibly popular because of the common sense and the recognition of natural law and how those boundaries are necessary for personal freedom. Chesterton told us that if you want liberty, you can't get rid of the big laws of God. I'll say it a different way. If you get rid of the big laws of God, you don't get liberty. You get thousands of little laws that rush in to fill the vacuum. So even uh, P- Peterson understands that. Even our founding fathers who weren't Christians understood that. When you get rid of the big laws, ten, ten, ten simple laws, that's all we need, ten. And Jesus narrowed it down to two. Right. But when you get rid of the ten or two, you don't get liberty. You get thousands of man-made little laws that rush in to fill the vacuum, down to the point where they're now telling us how to use the ba- bathroom and telling us that we've got to use gender-neutral pronouns when communicating with people. That is not liberty that is more and more legislation and law. Also talk with Dr. Piper about the truth from another angle. Speaking truth, I, I went to Penn State and I actually wrote for the Daily Collegian for a short time. This is ironic because back then I also got a job in radio at a top 40 station and the newspaper said I had to pick between the two, conflict of interest. I had no idea. Now the worlds have blended so much. Usually a radio guy is a columnist and vice versa. But um, one of the, my very first column was written from a, a perspective no one could tell what i believed and i just threw out there let's say you have someone who's from a catholic background a, a, an evangelical christian someone who's jewish someone who's an agnostic and someone who's an atheist i said right away you have two camps people who believe there is a god of some sort and people who really aren't sure or don't think there is and then kind of unpacked it from there and said we can all get along but logically that doesn't make any sense that it all makes sense in the end we want to respect each other give each other space but and 
uh, that's the you know to help people stop and think. Well, there's a difference between accepting everybody and being friendly or not harming someone else because you think differently. With well, what's the logical conclusion of the fact that we can all just believe? Basically, what you're saying is. Leave me alone. I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to have to do what you think. I don't want to have to do what somebody else thinks. What if you ask, hey, if you could know what the truth is, would you want to know? If you ask your non-Christian friends or anybody, really, if you could know for sure what the truth is about God and religion, would you want to know? And I bet some people would be like, uh, actually, honestly, no, because I'm kind of comfortable with what I'm doing right now. A lot of people are there right now. Or could you summarize our culture right now? But whatever, uh, the whateverism, excuse me, whateverism of our culture. Yeah. The uh, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as it works for you. Attitude that it this uh, it doesn't work at the end. Nobody really believes that because at the point where what works for you conflicts with them, then all of a sudden they start claiming you, claiming that you're intolerant and that you're a bigot and that they won't accept your views. So this. Um, the fallacy of equating disagreement with hate, and that if I just disagree with you, I that I don't like you, that I won't tolerate you, and that somehow uh, I hate you. We need to define our terms. We need to return to the objective definition of words so that we can actually have a conversation. And if you disagree with me, I'm not going to assume you hate me. I'm just going to assume one of us is right and one of us is wrong, and we should have an open, civil discussion, hopefully with a judge on the side that's going to blow the whistle on the debate. It's called truth. And truth will decide who has the better argument here. That's what good education has traditionally been. That was called a liberal arts education because it educated us in liberty and freedom, in the words of Christ. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. That's Dr. Everett Piper. We had him on about a week ago. He's the president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University and author of the new book, Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth. If you would like to win a copy of that book, email me or text me. Uh, Timmy D at WFIL.com, T-I-M-M-Y-D at WFIL.com, or you can, uh, 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 sorry, I lost track of where I was. <laughs> if I gave you the text number 610-500-DUB, I don't think I gave you the number this time, 610-500-3683, I have several copies to give away, we'll uh, announce winners after the break, we'll take a short break, and then I have several more interviews, we're going to play just shorter clips this time, um, and give away copies of other books, too. It's all coming up here on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL, and WFIL.com. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560, WFIL, and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. AM 560, WFIL, WFIL.com. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Congratulations, high fives, pat in the back. To Ned in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, Barb, I'm not sure where she's from, but it doesn't matter. I do know Barb. I remember Barb from before. She is a longtime listener. And a third listener who said, I'd like to win, but that's all I have. I would say, you don't have to give me your address, but if you could let me know your name and where you're from, that's helpful and friendly and all that. So, congratulations to those texters. They all chose the text path. We're going to give them the book that we were just discussing there with Dr. Piper. Not a daycare. Congratulations. Next up on our giving show today, Ella Wall Pritchard. She is the president of Pritchard Oil Company in Texas and author of a book called Reclaiming Joy. Uh, She lost her husband unexpectedly about nine years ago. Part survival guide, part memoir. I asked Ms. Pritchard where the title came from and just to share, you know, what the whole book's all about. Well, the title comes from the Apostle Paul's letter to the Philippians because he used the word joy and rejoice. 14 times. 
this was a very special letter to my mother. So I heard about Philippians as long as I can remember. Hmm. It's such a short little read, you know. It's just three pages in the back of the New Testament, uh, maybe 30, 45 minutes to read through the whole thing. But it just fills you with hope. So every time I've lost someone dear, every time I've been discouraged or depressed, needed encouragement, that's where I've always gone. So it was logical for me to go back to Philippians when my husband died. And I really didn't find any books that met my needs. Um, And so it was Philippians. And when I finally started feeling more joy than sadness, and that took more than four years, I thought, well, goodness, maybe I need to write about this. A crazy idea, I realize now, but that was my reaction then. Yeah. And so I didn't know it was going to be a memoir, but there was never a question but what it would be inspired by Philippians, because I think the Apostle Paul's message and his instructions are just timeless universal advice about how to move from discouragement to joy and all of those traits and attributes we need, whether it's grace or courage or generosity or peace or serenity, the importance of relationships, um, even the warning. to be- He said, beware of the false dogs. For me, it was beware of false friends. But ultimately, um, when you claim those virtues, and sometimes it's a discipline, to claim them in the midst of grief and loss. Um, I think that's how you find joy. It's how I found joy. Ella Wall Pritchard, the uh, book is called Reclaiming Joy. If you'd like to win a copy, text me at 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683, or email Timmy D, T-I-M-M-Y-D, at WFIL.com. I mentioned to Ms. Pritchard how after losing a loved one, while having space can be good, a person could err also too far in the direction of isolation, thinking that that's a, a good strategy. A common reaction. In fact, I read that a lot in, a, in advice to widows. You are very emotionally fragile. Uh, feel free to say no, stay home. You don't, you don't want to lose it. I personally think that's terrible advice. And as you said, uh, isolation's not healthy. Isolation is a killer. I was very blessed. Um, by my mother-in-law, whom I would have never guessed as a young person, newly married, that she would be my role model someday. Hmm. But her first husband, my husband's father, was killed in a plane crash when he was a little boy. And she remarried and was widowed a second time in her early 60s. Wow. And I'll just never forget her telling us that she had learned a lot in her first widowhood. And she said, at first, you don't feel like going out. But if you say no, people move on. And then when you're ready to see people, they're not there. Mm. And I I watched her. I mean, she rebuilt her life in a beautiful way. And, I, you know, she entertained. She saw her friends. She still participated in the community. She ended up remarrying, so she was married to three different men for 20 years apiece, more or less. Wow. Uh, had a grand life right up until her death at age 86 from brain cancer. And so 
amazing, amazing woman, and she was a role model for me. And so I, I had seen up close how that worked for her. And so I took that advice to heart, and I resolved to say yes to everything. And I pretty much still do. That's Ella Walt Pritchard, again, the president of Pritchard Oil Company in Texas and author of Reclaiming Joy. If you'd like to win the copy of that, simply text me right now at 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683, or email D T-I-M-M-Y-D, at WFIL.com. I, uh, Ms. Pritchard actually mentioned how her book generally tries to leave space for readers to process things at their own pace and in their own way, rather than make it a book about here are 10 things to do when you're grieving, because it is a personal thing to a very large degree. But I did ask her to speak to those folks whose spouses are still alive uh, on this earth. About the only piece of advice I give is that, it, and it is to women whose husbands are still alive, know your husband's advisors. Know the banker. Know the lawyer. Know the people who manage investments. Know the accountant. Because you don't want to meet them at the funeral. And actually, they don't want to meet you at the funeral. <laughs> um, they, there needs to be a relationship. And my accountant, I just saved my life so many times. And I was so grateful for him. But I had not paid attention to the family business. Um, I, I describe myself in my book as the, as the smiling spouse and gracious hostess. <laughs> And it was very difficult to move from smiling spouse to quiet. And I think it was difficult for my advisors as well. And women need to know their husband's affairs um, because the fact is whether we want to deal with it or not, 80% of us will be with us. We live longer than men. Most of us marry men who are at least a couple of years older than we are. And so the odds are... We're going to all have to deal with the business. If it's no more than dealing you know, with insurance and Social Security and Medicare yeah. those are, and household bills and maintenance, those are still things we have to deal with. And the more we know about them ahead of time, That's the good. less stressful it will be. Ella Wall Pritchard, again, the book is called Reclaiming Joy. She's president of Pritchard Oil Company in Texas, kind enough to share time with us recently. If you want to win a copy of that, text me right now at 610-500-DOVE. Make sure to put your name in there and also the name, um, you know, uh, Joy or something so I know what it's for because we're doing different contests today. Back in a second, we have more things to give away. We'll try and get as much handed out as we can before 5 o'clock here on WFIL. And by the way, if you want to win Apologetics' Christmas CD, the classics, anyone listening can get that free. They're graciously offering a 13-song CD, all the downloads, Anybody, anybody, let's do one per household, though. Send that and the word Christmas to 610-500-3683 or email. That's easier. Timmy D at WFIL.com. It's T-I-M-M-Y-D at WFIL.com. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email Timmy D at WFIL.com. Congratulations to Judith. And to Janice. Sorry, I texted uh, Judith back. I said, Joy, your name's... You were texting about the book, Joy, but your name is Judith. See, now I see that. There's a lot going on here. It's not that easy. But uh, congratulations to both of you picking up 
the uh, book from Ella Wall Pritchard called Reclaiming Joy. Let's keep going. We have more books to hand out. John Eldridge, who's a New York Times bestselling author, including Wild at Heart, uh, an author of a new book called Restoration Year, a 365-day devotional, was on with us recently. I asked him how Restoration Year was put together and why he wrote it. You know, most devotionals are kind of built around a daily experience, but they don't really take you on a journey, per se. And what, what we were looking to do with this one was, could we create an experience over the course of a year that fits into people's lifestyle, you know, where they don't have a lot of margin, but a guided kind of experience into the restoration of their own soul. That's what we're about. That's largely what I write about is, you know, how God restores the heart, um, how much he cares about your soul. And, and, you know, Psalm 23, the promise is he restores my soul. Yeah. But how does that happen? How does that take place? So what we what we try to do in restoration year is just map out, you know, kind of day to day, week to week, month to month, a, a sort of personal journey that lets people reflect on different areas in their life and invite Christ in to do his restoring work. We're wrapping up twenty eighteen. And as folks look to twenty nineteen, they often think about list type goals, you know, losing weight and all that stuff. But how does Restoration Year differ from that list mentality was the question I had for our guest, John Eldridge. And again, before I play his answer, if you're interested in this uh, devotional, text me or email me. Just put the word um, restoration in there if you can, or something close to it. And, uh, and that way we'll know that's what you're entering for. Okay? Uh, 610-500-3683 or email timmyd, T-I-M-M-Y-D at WFIL.com. Well, for one thing, it's guided. So, you you know, rather than you having to keep your exercise program up or, you know, yeah. vowing to be a, <laughs> a kinder person to your in-laws, you know, this is a, it's a, it reads like a devotion. It's a fairly short one page. You know, I can fit this into my morning or my lunch break. And, and yet what it does is it presents a thought about the journey of, of your life, your story, you know, asking you questions about your dreams. And, and what happened to your dreams, and then inviting, there's a prayer at the end of each one, inviting Christ into that. And, and then it, it walks from very simple things into some very deep waters as well, you know, your relationship with your parents, perhaps, or, you know, childhood wounds you may have experienced. As a therapist now for, you know, more than 30 years, I've just, I've just seen a lot of Christians just need somebody to ask the right question. Hmm. And so... What the devotion does is it just helps ask questions. And then from there, um, as I said, that the prayer is to just continue to invite Jesus into these particular questions that get surfaced in the kind of the week-to-week flow of the devotional. New York Times bestselling author, including Wild at Heart, and author of the new book, Restoration Year, a 365-day devotional. John Eldridge, we had him on recently, and just playing a couple of little snippets from that interview. If you want to win a copy of that de- devotional, text me, if you would, with your name and where you're from. And if we win, we can uh, get your full address. But just your name, at least first name would be nice to be friendly. Uh, or email to me, D, at WFIL.com. Restoration Year, you'll be interested to know. Uh, the devotional was birthed actually out of personal experience of John's. Yeah, exactly. We a couple of years ago we went through a lot of loss. Um, lost my best friend to cancer. At the same year, we lost our first grandchild 
Um, mm, sorry to hear my that. wife. Oh, it's just brutal year. It was a brutal year. And then my dear Stacy, my wife, um, was in chronic pain through the year and finally ended up in some surgeries. And it was in that, I, I just said, Jesus, I, I know that you talk about restoring my soul. I need to experience that. You need to take me into that personally now. And so I, I really kind of devoted the, the year after all that suffering to he restores my soul. And how do you do that, Lord? Like, and it led us into some beautiful times of prayer and just walks, you know, with the Lord in the woods and different questions that helped surface, um, yes, pain, but also hope, um, helped resurface desire. Uh, because when you, you know, when you go through hardship, you tend to abandon hopes and desires. And it was a beautiful restoring year. And, and I want, I want that for God's people. I want that for the sons and daughters of God. And so that, that kind of led into the creation of this devotional. That's John Eldridge, again, the New York Times bestselling author of uh, books like Wild at Heart, also of the new book, Restoration Year, a 365-day devotional. We're going to go to a break here in a second. Um, and I actually want to play a song from Apologetics leading into the break just for a moment. But before we get to that, if you want to win the book, this devotional from uh, Mr. Eldridge, please feel free to text me right now at 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. And then we'll draw, uh, or we have several of them to give away during the break. We'll come back out of the break with the winner's names. So text me 610-500-3683. Just your name is good and where you're from if you have a second. And the word uh, restoration. Now, one other thing, because I want to sneak this in, give you time. Before 5 o'clock, if you can, anybody who texts me gets a free CD from the band Apologetics. They're a Christian parody band. They've done 53 albums. They have a Christmas CD just called Christmas Classics, and they do 13 different songs. Let's play one, Joe, just to give it a little bit of This is uh, Oh, What a Night, the uh, Four Seasons. This one's December 5 or 6 B.C. So if you like this song, we'll let it play for a minute or so. Uh, you can get this plus 12 more songs free. Anybody can get it. They're generous in handing this disc out. I'll send you the link to it, and you can download the songs. It's that easy. But make sure you text me, 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683, or email timidy at wfil.com. Let's let you hear this for a second, and then we'll go to a break and come back with our final segment and more stuff to give away. It's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at wfil.com. Thanks for listening. 455, congratulations to No Name, No Name, and Joker's Wild, Joker, Joker, no, No Name, No Name, and Edwin, three texters, congratulations. I'll text those who won and did not include their name. I know everybody's in a hurry. So thanks for doing that. We'll get your address and send that to you later. We have one more thing we got to give away. Rebecca Alonzo, we had on over a course of two days, just an incredible story. All these podcasts, all these interviews are at WFIL.com. Rebecca Alonzo wrote this book called The Devil in Pew Number 7. Uh, just, I, there's no time to get into it here completely, but she lost her parents. Uh, they were, the family was terrorized. He was a pastor. Um, the, there was a person across the street who was just harassing them, and uh, I can't do justice to setting this up properly because we're almost out of time. But I want you to hear what she had to say about the importance of Scripture helping her make sure she responded in the right way. Absolutely, absolutely. And 
Uh, Matthew 6 talks about um, if you forgive others of their sins against you, then your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, he will not forgive you. And they, my, my, my family were so good about teaching me that as a little girl. Like we all need forgiveness. We all need mercy on minor and major levels. We all need it. Um, you know, one of the things that, that my family were so good at, like I said, was not talking badly about the people that had hurt our family. And that was such a huge example. And part of my healing was that they didn't spread the poison. You know, they didn't um, uh. infiltrate my mind as a little girl to try to say, look at this person, look how bad they've hurt our family. I never heard that. Never heard that. I'm not saying they didn't think it. I'm saying that they were wise enough not to pollute my brother and my soul with anger and hate towards people who hurt us. So I think that's important, even during this Christmas season, too, when you're around family, and some families are close and wonderful, and they get along, and then other families struggle. You know, they struggle to be together. And I I just want to encourage people, you know, if you can... Think about the things that you love about your family instead of thinking about the things that annoy you, aggravate you, have hurt you. Then you will have, uh, uh, you will, you will be free to really celebrate Christmas instead of being distracted with offense. Oh, Rebecca, when, so when, that, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. So that's what I just want to encourage people today. If you want to enjoy your holiday. You know, if you want to enjoy your family, think about what you love about them instead of what you don't love. <laughs> Rebecca Alonzo, author of The Devil in Pew Number 7, text me now at 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. If you want to win a copy, we're out of time. Back tomorrow, Lord willing, Jim Maxim, Max 413 Ministries is next. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.